Hey guys, welcome to episode 5 of the World to Rights podcast. Before we get started this week, I just wanted to provide a quick trigger warning for some of the content that we'll discuss. In this episode, we'll be talking very openly about our struggles and journeys of mental health, which will involve us talking about issues like depression, anxiety, eating disorders and hospitalisation. If that makes you feel uncomfortable, then please don't feel like you have to listen to this week's episode. The previous four episodes we put out are much more lighthearted and might be more up your street. During the podcast, we discuss a number of useful resources, and in the description for this episode, as well as on our Instagram, we've brought together some resources that might help you too, if you feel like you need it. Thank you so much for listening, and please let us know what you thought of this episode once you've listened in the comments or by DMing us on Instagram. We're really proud of this, and we're really excited to share it with you. Enjoy the episode. Hi guys, welcome to episode 5 of the World to Rights podcast. Um, as we said last week, this week is a little bit different. It's going to be a much more serious talk about mental health and that kind of thing. Um, we've got two guests this week. We've got Kat's fiance, Piers, and Ooh. Kat's friend from uni, Sadie, who will introduce themselves in just a little second and we'll give them a like, thing. I don't, I don't really know. You know, it's, it's going really well. Um, but yeah, we basically decided this was a really important topic to discuss because it, like, mental health is something that we have all kind of experienced, like, issues with over the last few years and over our lives. We've known loved ones who have suffered. Um, I've just looked up some statistics and one in four people will experience a mental health problem every year in England. And apparently one in six people report experiencing a common mental health problem like anxiety and depression in any given week in England. So it's a big thing and it's definitely worth talking about. I think the other reason why we wanted to discuss it was so that people can relate to us or the other side of it is that if you are somebody who doesn't suffer with any mental health issues that you can see it from our perspective and that might help you with your relatives or friends. Yeah, I think a huge amount of, of it is, is debunking the the amount of pressure that people feel with mental health. You know, I think so many people just kind of think, oh, it's, it's not that big of a deal. And that is obviously one of the biggest problems with it. Yeah. And it, yeah, 100%. So we thought, or I thought, um, <laughs> that we could go around and kind of give a kind of introduction to ourselves and like the issues and like our journey so far. So, Sadie, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, I am Sadie. I'm just going to introduce myself first. I'm 23 years old and I Hi, live Sadie. in Oxford. Hey. Oh, also, Sadie, plug your YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah, I also have a YouTube channel, which I am going to start refilming on, um, which is uh, The Real Sadie Kate. And I also have an Instagram, the.real.com. Sadie Kate. Um, Thank you very much, Kat, for allowing me this plug. Um, Yeah, so my name is Sadie and um, I have had um, mental health issues since I was, I'm going to say 13 or 14, but I don't think they really manifested themselves seriously until I was sort of 15. Um, As a general, like, brief overview, um, I... 
Um, I think my GCSEs pushed me very much over the edge. I developed an eating disorder um, in the summer post GCSEs as I turned 16, um, which um, I spent a lot of time like on holiday with friends, which just allowed it to get quite bad because my parents couldn't sort of monitor it. Um, uh, within the year, I, I was uh, inpatient in hospitals uh, twice. Um, I went to an inpatient hospital on a voluntary basis um, and partway through that I was sectioned um, under the Mental Health Act, under a Section 2, uh, because I wasn't uh, cooperating with treatment. Um, so I was sent to another hospital um, where they were much more strict. I hated it at first, then realised that actually they were helping me, got much better. Um, managed to get a job once I was discharged from that hospital, learnt to drive, did an A-level, <laughs> which is a great achievement um, in itself, and managed to get into uni on that one A-level. Um, and sort of since then I've been up and down, but mainly struggling with anxiety and depression, which I think for a lot of people, I, I'm going to guess uh, but please don't trust me, the absolute massive majority of people who struggle with eating disorders also have issues with anxiety and or depression. Mm -hmm. um, so that has been, sense. yeah. <laughs> so um, I yep, have struggled with those um, sort of ever since then. Um, still go through up and downs. Um, I am currently still with a an adult mental health team um, in Oxford uh, and I'm having CBT, uh, Cognitive Behavioural behavioral Therapy, um, uh, every week and I'm finding that is really helping, um, particularly with my struggles with um, perfectionism and things like that, which is definitely something I think uh, we should talk about later. But yeah, that is my sort yeah. of little introduction. Yeah, oh, that, that so. was really, that was really good. It was very elegant. Yeah. I was actually yeah. afraid now. Yeah. Yeah. Very much afraid when it comes to mind, it's like, Sorry. I am here. <laughs> <laughs> and I um I did just look up just to basically I want to try and like kind of follow up what we're saying with statistics and stuff so that you know yeah, please. you know that we're not just talking out of our asses basically but um yeah so there's been some research into people who have been hospitalized with eating disorders and things like this and a really high proportion of people suffered with some form of depression and anxiety um OCD is also quite a common one in there as well so it's definitely a it's a, a common thing to happen but obviously that doesn't make it okay <laughs> it's, it's yeah, not yeah. it's not nice i can imagine um yeah pierce do you wanna i guess uh, oh no yeah. go on, no, no, go on i was just gonna say i guess it would make sense with like the ocd side of it with the eating and being really observant of what you're eating yeah, and calorie completely. counting and i mean i definitely had um real tendencies of ocd while i was in hospital which was really interesting so i can totally understand that yeah. Mm, yeah. Did you want to? Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I'm Pierce. Um, to be honest, a, a lot of what I'm going to say actually is, is probably already been covered by Sadie, as I said far <laughs> more elegantly than I'm about to put it myself. Um, but actually, I, I kind of want to pull back. You know, d d d everything for me really stems from um, this perfectionism side of things. As, as Sadie said, you know, it's the idea of you know when I was growing up wanting everything to be as good as it possibly, and you know, it was being from great parents who wanted me to do better and better. Um, but the funny thing was that, like everyone, there's something that's not quite right with you and you always stick on that one point. And for me, it was um, my weight. And um, I'd always grown up 
you know, being self-conscious of that, that had always kind of walked around with me. Everything I did, you know, all the other guys would kind of, you know, they'd be happy to take their tops off. But for me, it would weigh me down every single time and it would be a really hard, hard thing to to, to, to stomach, really, or even talk about, you know. Um, even when you were at your, like, lowest weight, you still said that you didn't feel comfortable. No, and all the way through, I had, um, you know, I had a little bit of puppy fat when I was growing up. When I hit about 15, 16, I decided for the first time that I was going to start starving myself to try and lose the weight. And I, I went down to about... 10 stone uh, 8 or something like that so I was I was I was pretty light and unfortunately what that did was that then set me up for every single time I wanted to lose weight um, I just starved myself and um, that, that that kind of created a run and even though it's unrelated to actually what ended up happening to me it actually that that mental thinking is the, the very thing that set me up then to have troubles later on um, because I just kind of swept everything underneath the rug um, and then what happened was at that point, as I say, I didn't really think anything of it that I just, everyone liked me looking nicer. You know, when I was thinner, it was better. So I just related that to success. You know, have it being, um, a, a, you know, um, a bed to build and stuff, the things I've always wanted. Um, when I um, when I then started to get into relationships is actually when I, I noticed my issues. Um, because I think when you're in a relationship with someone, you have to understand yourself a little bit better you know and I think you have to trust that other person um, and actually in fact if, you, if you've got issues with yourself you don't trust another person so that's when all my issues started coming out and first of all in my first relationship when I was about 17 that was serious um, I didn't understand what was happening I let it go and you know she actually had to put up with a lot of mental health issues with, from me with paranoia um, not being able to sleep overthinking um, and then I, I didn't understand what was happening. Two or three relationships later, I'd say I, I met Kat, and then it kind of came into sight that as soon as I got into this relationship, I, I had a, a very basic idea I couldn't trust anyone. And um, I, I, the thing was, I knew it wasn't Kat. Kat was completely trustworthy. Um, she had given me no reason ever to be paranoid or to have. Um, these kind of self-depreciating thoughts, anything. She'd never given me any uh, reason for that. Um, and I started going in on myself and um, I started um, self-harming at that point to try and take my mind off of it, you know, overthinking and, and just over-processing things to a point of ridiculousness. Um, and I started I started burning myself with an iron. Um, and that, that only went on for about... A, a, two or three weeks before I knew I had to do something and um, then it got worse and I, I had to go to the hospital and they sent me to a &E, um because I said I listen I think I'm, I'm probably gonna kill myself quite soon um, and uh, they sent me down there and then I was with the crisis team there at um, Dunstable Bedfordshire Hospital really good hospital by the way <laughs> they're all really nice <laughs> and uh, yeah I was around there for, for two months um, with them um, in with the crisis team. Uh, sorry, sorry, I just realised you just gave a shout out to Austin. I know, but they were really good. They were really nice. Um, Thank you for stopping me kill myself. But, uh, yeah, pretty much. And uh, to be honest, they, they they play with my medication. I'm I'm on drugs now, and I I haven't felt better. But the funny thing is that it's even uncomfortable for me talking on that level. Although I was going to say it wasn't just as straightforward as medication. I mean, no. I, we we probably all will relate to this at some like and have a conversation about this properly but Pierce was actually put on 
um, medication which really messed with him and made everything ten times worse. And that was yeah. at the point that you were going into A and E and they were looking at sex- sectioning you and stuff. Was not was because the medication actually is that I'm not I'm not going to say it Ma- exacerbated. Yeah, exacerbated. <laughs> like, I can't say the word. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, 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 it's easy for me to forget now what it was like, but I, I was in, I was really in hell. You know, every day, mm. I, it, it didn't end from the day, moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep. Um, I hated myself, really, um, all the time. And um, as I say, it, it's a funny thing. It's like it's the idea of being per- perfect and everything being right, you know, you, you kind of grow up with. I can't, I find it difficult even to talk about it because I, everything like that I want to sweep under the rug. And yeah. not and not even faced or acknowledged the fact it's there, which I think is part of the issue for everyone. And and because I'd done that for so long, it had manifested itself into something hideous, really. And then it was too much for me to take, and that was uh, the moment when I needed help the most. So yeah, I think another thing is being in a relationship with two people with mental health issues, or if you are one person with a mental health issue and one person without a mental health issue, because they won't necessarily understand uh Sadie got lucky <laughs> she she found somebody who's she very understanding one. yeah yeah but I, did. I do think a lot of people in relationships who suffer with mental health issues and their partner doesn't it's probably quite quite difficult for them to be able to convey their like thoughts and feelings to their partners I mean, yeah, like like I said with Sadie, but like I, I know it's like bare minimum <laughs> in a way, but you're lucky with yeah. Jordan that he really does understand you. Yeah, and he's so supportive. I think that's that's what's so important is that he, yeah, he knows me so well that he he can't empathise because he can't understand how I'm feeling, but he understands that I'm upset and and he knows how to help me. Yeah. yeah and I guess the other thing is like just because Pierce and I suffer with like mental health issues doesn't mean we necessarily understand the other person's because it's every mental it's health different. issue is different so I won't necessarily understand Pierce's view on things and he won't always understand mine yeah it, it, it's a funny thing because actually um, I've had friends in the past and, and still friends now um that if I'm talking to them about um, eating problems, actually a lot of the things that we have now and the issues we have now are very similar because they kind of, you can see where every single person's has bridged together, yeah. you know, all these little yeah, parts of themselves. Of course, and I think diet culture has um, a lot to answer for. Mm. Um, but I also think it's really important to remember that when we're talking about we are, you know, four people with mental health issues, that actually everyone has mental health and it fluctuates yeah. and it is a spectrum and just because yeah. you have a diagnosed condition does not mean yeah. that you are any more valid or any more no. um deserving of support or anything um and i just think that's really important to to just yeah. acknowledge absolutely Definitely. um chris do you want to yeah i just wanted to um thank um sadie and Piers for being so honest um, yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not at all an easy thing to do. Um, but I think we all um, we can all benefit from hearing each other's experiences and sharing them. Um, mm. And it's not easy to do, but it it it's it's good for in the long term. I think I think it's it's short term pain, but we can all grow as people by 
learning from each other and listening to each other so that's really good well yeah and i was just gonna say that actually it was the three of you that actually inspired me to go to the doctor for the first time about mental health issues even though i'd been suffering for years so it definitely helps Mm. i can and i think helping yourself as well i mean i unless i'd gone through that i don't know if i'd known myself so well and actually now I'm in a comfortable relationship and I'm much more happy within myself. And I think a big part of that is understanding the good side of me, which I've, I've never I never acknowledged prior to that, but also all the things that actually aren't right with me that, okay, they aren't right, but that's not a big deal either. You know, I think getting to know yourself actually helps you as well, talking about it. That's yeah. what a lot of sitting down with psychiatrists and yeah. um, things do tell. Yeah. Yeah. Acceptance yeah. is so important. Non judgmental acceptance without being like, I did this and this is wrong and, and I'm stupid for feeling like that. It's just sort of like accepting that that is who you are at the moment. You know, it's not going to yeah. define your life, but this is how I feel and that's okay and I'm going to work through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Kat, did you want to go or do you want me to go? You, you go. I just. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Still thinking about what. <clears throat> um, so, <laughs> I mine's probably going to be like even less. Ele- it, it's it's probably going down in a sliding scale. And yeah, mine that's is just why I was thinking. I'll go last. <laughs> I'm so um, sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. No, I'm, I, honestly, I'm glad that we started strong. You know, I feel like it's <laughs> yeah. good that we started that way because it's it's only going to get more more weird now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, As I say, I didn't like Sadie being right before me because it's like, oh, that was so elegant. It's nice, that direct correlation to my one. I was like, well, God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, Sadie. Sadie's a pro at this. Sadie's, you have oh, a very nice oh, telephone manner, Sadie. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. So, um, yeah, no. So oh. I have um, probably been, I think I probably had issues um, for a while definitely from a young age um but they were quite um i think they were often passed off as being something else i mean they were often kind of sarcasm glossed over and things yeah i mean so i was always really and i guess still am quite sensitive um to things and i get upset quite easily um and things like that and i think when you're younger that's always just put down to you being too sensitive you know you know you, you shouldn't cry all the time things like that um and especially growing up, um, to personally growing up as a as a male, it's it there's an expectation still in society that you won't be, you know, that you won't cry, that you'll just have that stiff upper lip, that you'll push for it, and it will all be fine, and that's how you should be because that's how men behave. Um, and I guess I've never really fit into that that pigeonhole. That's not really who I am. I am quite emotional, um. And so for a long while, I was kind of led to believe that that wasn't okay. Um, And it kind of led to me um, developing different behaviours to try and hide that, I guess. So, as Kat said, the sarcasm, the, like, constantly trying to, like, make a joke and throw a joke in there. It was all these things to try and, um, I guess, put a shield up in a way and kind of protect that more vulnerable side of myself, which I've been told was not, you know, wasn't the one I should be showing. And instead, just try and make it seem like I didn't care about stuff and that I was actually fine. Um, but, you know, it, it, that's all it was. It was just a shield. And it, it over a few years, it got steadily worse. I remember once in secondary school, um, 
I, I didn't really have the right words for it, but I remember talking to my friend and saying, you know, sometimes I just want to go to sleep and never wake up. And it was like the best way in my mind that I could describe what was what was going on in that moment. And I guess now I would look back and I'd, I'd be able to say, yeah, that was definitely um, suicidal thoughts. Um, but I didn't know, I didn't understand them. I, I guess I didn't want to understand them. I didn't want to to be vulnerable in that sense. So it was very much a case of, no, 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 I'm not, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. I'm fine. Um, and so I just kind of suppressed it as much as possible, but I was never really happy in myself. I was always, um, kind of the older I got, the more insecure I got about myself. Um, the less I kind of wanted to offer up opinions. Um, I've definitely become less confident in my body and the way I look over time. Um, and that kind of all, came to a head not long after I started university. I think it was being in a different environment to the one I'd been in for, you know, however many years up till then, that kind of, I don't know, intensified everything, I guess, and made it almost more real because it was, I was out of my comfort zone and in a, you know, a new place and doing lots of new things and a lot of the anxiety and depressive thoughts and kind of um, lack of self-esteem and, you know, um, poor body image kind of all came to a head. And it was Christmas of that year, so Christmas 2017, um, that was one of, it was just a really, really dark time. And I went, okay, we need to do something about this because we can't carry on like this. It's not okay. And I basically didn't really know how to talk about it with people but yeah so I kept it inside came back to uni and booked an appointment with my GP um who was really good and it wasn't at all like I expected him to be I think I was expecting a lot of disbelief and like no no you're fine you're fine but I sat down and I I tried to talk him through what was going on in my mind I think I still wasn't happy using um you know, the correct term almost, I wasn't happy saying, you know, I've had suicidal thoughts, so it'd be, I've had dark thoughts or things like that. It was like using the code words and things like that, but he was really, I, I'm quite glad he was the one I spoke to, um, because he kind of saw exactly what I was trying to say and helped me access, um, counselling in the first place. I was quite determined I didn't want to go on medication. Um, so I went through two rounds of counselling while I was at uni over first and second year. Um, which were kind of short-term boosts, but I guess in the long term didn't really make a difference because it, it probably wasn't dealing with the actual issues so much as just kind of tinkering around the edges and helping me get through the day easier. Um, and so I went back to my doctor in 2019 and sat down again and went, I, I think I need you know something more because I don't I don't think this is actually working for me. And it was at that point I started on medication. So I take sertraline, which is an antidepressant, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, if I've got that correctly, um, SSRO. And I take one of those. I've had those since March 2019. Um, I had to go up a level on um, dosage because it wasn't quite working for me in the way that it should have been. Um, and then I went through a course of CBT, which Sadie said is cognitive behavioural therapy. Um, and then that kind of 
since then, I suppose it's I I've kind of entered a different different mindset. I'm finally looking past the kind of things that have dogged me for such a long time and been in my mind. Um and I'm able to start really challenging some of the thoughts I have. I I think when I was younger I had an idea that I was that I'd be able to fix it. That I could fix myself. Um and it's taken a long time to realise actually that's that's never gonna happen because I'm not broken in that sense and it's not something that can be fixed. Um but yeah, I think that basically sums up kind of my journey if you want to put it like that um i've definitely experienced a lot of the perfectionism that sadie and Pierce have talked about um it's definitely something which has caused me a lot of issues over the year i think it's kind of weird so i describe myself as a pessimist when anyone asks me who i am but i think the reality is i'm probably quite idealistic and i have an idea in my mind of exactly how the world should be and how things should turn out um and obviously life doesn't go the way that you plan it to in your mind or how you expect it to so i feel constantly um disillusioned and let down and disappointed by what life really is and because life can never match up to that perfect ideal i have in my mind it it probably kind of sparks off this cycle of things being really bad and me becoming really depressed because of that and so on and so on so yeah, I mean, we'll probably come back to it and discuss it a bit more. But I, th- yeah. I think also, Chris, you know, as you said earlier, you know, your your very thoughtfulness, um, your sensitivity, yeah. those things that are actually incredibly strong qualities are actually more often not the very thing that ends up, well, me personally, weighing me down. You know, that um, overthinking of things and, and me thinking, oh, did I do that quite right? Was I, uh, qu- you know, did I do do the things that I wanted to there and so on and so forth? Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind they, of paranoia as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not yeah. very good at um, putting things to, to. So I know people who can quite easily have a have a heated conversation or an argument or something, and they'll be able to put it to one side fairly quickly and move on. And I cannot do that. It will sit with me for <laughs> hours, days. I, you know, I'm one of those people who can be sat here and out of nowhere I'll remember an argument I had six years ago and think oh my god like why did I say that why did I do that why did I behave that way um, yeah, it's, yeah it's an internal debate where it, is. it ends up it you is. being the loser at the end of it you know? and I wouldn't you give yourself a hard time I Every think hangover. it's it's been a fight to um to try and accept those qualities because I think at their heart they are good qualities to have to be for yeah. to be caring and to be compassionate I think they're really good things and I I guess for a long time I've basically tried to suppress them and not let myself have those feelings because it's not been seen as you know masculine or anything like that it's not it's been quite suppressed um and so now i'm trying to kind of undo that and Mm. accept them for being valid feelings that actually can be really useful in terms of being a good person and a good member of society but also in a way that doesn't lead me down the road of, of overthinking as you say because that that can be really um toxic as well Damaging. yeah, and yeah. I, I, I just also, also wanted oh go on Piers. so no no say do you go for it sorry um I, I was just gonna say I also think it's um it's really interesting that um you were saying Chris that um your perfectionism and your ideas of how the world should be like I can totally relate to that what I find com- really really interesting is that for you and I've actually never heard the two different sides of it so for you that feels disappointing 
um, and you feel let down and like the world isn't what you thought it would be, which I find so interesting because for me, put in that same position, I don't feel let down, I feel angry. I'm so angry, I'm not disappointed in the world. I just, it's like I can't comprehend, I don't understand why it's not and I get very like emotional and I, I can't cope in these situations. So yeah. I, I, I find it so interesting how very similar feelings almost can just manifest in completely different ways. And it's weird because I guess I have also had those moments of feeling of feeling angry and yeah. just angry generally. It's, it's a weird kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's not quite so related, but I remember um, yeah. last summer when the George Floyd things were kicking off in America and Black Lives Matter was kind of mm. coming back to the surface. Um, I... I kind of, I think I heard about it on Twitter or something. I saw this name George Floyd trending. I was like, what on earth is this? And so I read into it and, and found out what was going on. And I haven't felt anger like that for a long time. Um, and I, it has, it really drove me insane almost for a week. I was just filled with this rage at everything because it was so, again, it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the way that I, I thought things should be. I don't think it's the way things should be. I think it's wrong in it virtually every way. And the fact mm-hmm. that the world is like that, that that could happen in in our world, in the modern world, is it it really, really fired me up. Um Yeah. It was crazy. Totally get that. And, and then the I aftershock think, um, of that oh yeah. sorry, say um when you know, suddenly people the way that they reacted to it, instead of th- saying, Okay, actually this is an incredible loss, we need to change things a lot of people went on the defensive and saying, well, you know, all lives matter. You know, they, they, they took it into a completely different direction. Yeah, I think that only made it worse. I think that only made yeah. it worse. It was just this anger every, I was angry at, like I was angry with everyone that I knew, even though a lot of people I knew were kind of on the same side, if you want to say that, as me. Like we thought the same things. But I was just so angry because it was like, the fact that anyone could go around thinking that was a, a valid yeah, way to, to to think yeah. to yeah. treat another human being, I was like, "This is so wrong," and I I, and I, I so don't think difficult. I've ever dealt with that anger. It's still there, actually. Mm. Yeah, still, dif- it's so difficult to comprehend. Um, I'm, I'm sure this is the same for a, a massive majority of people, but um, I think especially it's exacerbated that it's so difficult to comprehend when people don't have the same views as you. Yeah. Do you get yeah. Do you get that? It's just so yeah, yeah, difficult. And it's very weird because I don't yeah. think necessarily that I'm always right. This is it's a weird thing. I I often think <laughs> I'm wrong. You know, I I don't have a lot of faith in myself, and I'm I'm I try to be quite humble and accept that I'll be wrong probably ninety percent of the time. But I think there are some things that I kind of hold as being very um, important, and and you know like it's the ideals I guess the ideals of how we should see the world how we should treat other people and when real life doesn't necessarily match up with that it's like no this is wrong you can't you can't do this I don't know what it is it's very weird yeah I remember on Instagram I did like a questions poll and um somebody who I went to school with commented on it saying please can you explain to me why saying all lives matter is a problem and I had this discussion because I thought um well they want to understand so like I'll go through the reasonings and they just no matter how I explained it they didn't understand and that just 
I got so annoyed and I ended up blocking them because it's just like I I, don't I mean want I suspect somebody. in that situation it wasn't really um it, it, they phrased it in a way as if to say let's have a rational conversation about this and an honest conversation about this mm. what they yeah. meant was tell me what you think so that I can tell you you're wrong which is a very different yeah. kind of situation yeah and I think there's a lot of issues this is getting really political don't know how you guys <laughs> no. are, but, but also like that 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 is just like a fundamental issue of systematic racism and white privilege yeah but there you go this is also this is ridiculously political now so I mean yeah it's true I mean we, we, yeah we'll definitely come back to race in a, in a few we um, are going to be doing a, a podcast on race uh, episode 10 so like we mentioned in the last episode every five episodes i'm just gonna keep saying episode now um every five episodes we're gonna have a serious topic where we just discuss that yeah. and then four lighter hearted ones yeah in the <laughs> in the in the middle sorry i'm hosting oh. this podcast but do you want to <laughs> do you want to tell your story yes okay. please do. sorry i spoke for far longer than i was planning on my god tangent god so, damn it chris you pre-madonna you sorry anyway honestly so, just monopolizing everything honestly um one of the reasons why i wanted to speak last is actually because like i mentioned earlier it was actually the encouragement i got from these three people to actually go ahead and go to the doctors and actually speak about my problems and I didn't realise I had mental health issues, if I'm honest. Like, I guess I maybe had an inkling, but when I went to the doctor, he goes, yeah, you've got PTSD and anxiety. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And I never considered myself to be an anxious person. And then things started clicking, like the fact that I wouldn't leave the house without my earphones because I didn't like the idea of somebody talking to me on the street or like I liked the option to, if I was in a public place to switch off um, and stuff like uh, I also got diagnosed with insomnia and a lot of the reason for that was overthinking I just couldn't break the cycle and meaning I just couldn't sleep um, and they actually gave me sertraline um, like Chris, Chris and Pierce are on um, to try and help me sleep because they thought it could have been the anxiety side and unfortunately that didn't work for me so I after like a few months I stopped taking it um and then I ended up on different types of sedatives which I think actually getting my sleeping pattern sorted has made me a lot more like yeah a lot better Uh, yeah as as I I kind of said earlier you know when you get into a relationship with someone then you suddenly see all the parts of yourself you never saw before yeah because I didn't even realize that my sleeping issues were like a problem and and Pierce was like you're like sleeping for three hours a night like how are you functioning you're waking me up at 3am and then I and then keep I stay up all night and she goes to sleep I was like well this is great this is just amazing (laughs) it's like we're not we're not living with this um yeah and I guess that's the thing like a lot of the stuff I just thought was me being emotional or me being upset was actually a bit deeper than that um yeah the joys of having a a messed up childhood I guess had uh manifested in a couple of different mental health issues but um and then another thing was when Pierce was unwell um and he was potentially going to be sectioned 
that really then set me off because I'd only just started going to the doctor about my problems and then to deal with another person who's going through something so serious was really difficult mm. and I think Sadie actually helped you yeah Sadie definitely lot, did and she spoke to you as well but that was the thing it was just like I finally acknowledged the fact I've got a problem here and I've got to put that on the back burner now to make sure my partner's okay and we were still early on in our relationship at that point and I was speaking to his parents and stuff everyone kept saying the honeymoon period it's like well I'm in a mental hospital right <laughs> yeah. now <laughs> yeah it was not a honeymoon period it really, and no. it wasn't the best way to like I, I disagree on to a certain degree oh because we got it all we, out we got the it way. all out the way we got it all sorted and then we went forward yeah and but and the other thing was then we learn each other's like triggers quite a lot mm. and stuff and, and the thing is at that point when you can't help yourself the last per you can't help anyone else no you know? and so when you were both going through that yeah um it makes it far more difficult so say friends around you like sadie um who really helped us at the time yeah um is is an amazing thing to have um, someone who can relate and bring it into perspective and, and have a kind eye to it really and uh, I'm so glad I helped you guys yeah lovely you were uh, Sadie I might also oh. say I blame you now we're engaged and all that it's all down to you <laughs> all your fault <laughs> ooh little cupid here with my little <laughs> <laughs> bow bloody hell heart arrows I, <laughs> I think the other issue I had was that um, with like a lot of friends of mine were going through really bad mental health issues I think a lot of people which I didn't know before I came to uni a lot of people when they come to uni have mental breakdowns or realise, I don't know if it's because they're away from home pressures as well sometimes they're more aware of their mental health issues but I know um, a lot of my friends all went through the same thing at the same time where they were going to the doctor getting help or they were declining in their mental health and it was really difficult because you want to help everyone but you need to like Pierce said you need to help yourself first um yeah and that's again, a really valuable lesson to learn sorry I just it was the um, yeah, yeah, no, no, the remembering that you have to I think a lot of the time um and I guess it's kind of society that that puts this in our mind we um we shouldn't focus like we, we're told that we shouldn't think on, focus on ourselves we should think about others we should do what we can to help our friends we should be selfless and everything else and being selfish yeah. is wrong but that has the kind of risk that you I guess you neglect yourself almost you go too far the other way and you think I can't focus on my issues because you know my friend is struggling and actually it's really important to remember that that's not always the case that yes you know you want to help your friends you want to help people because you care about them but you as yourself are so important and if you're not in the right place and you're not you know you're not helping yourself you're going to really struggle to help other people and i think that's yeah, I, just a lesson that yeah. is a, it, it, it takes a long time to learn it honestly i don't think i'm even halfway there but yeah mm. i heard a really great metaphor for it the other day which I don't know if you guys will think it just takes it too far out the picture. I guess it kind of can in some ways. But um, if you're when you're in an airplane and you watch the safety video, you know, it talks about the oxygen mask and it's like always um, attach like sort your mask before helping others. Yeah. And that is a very physical thing. And it's like before they, they are asking you to be so selfish that you put yourself before your children. And that I know it's a very different thing. 
Yeah. But no, it no, is no, just, just one of those things that is, I think sometimes might help people relate to the fact that actually, even in such a different and physical sense, you have to be selfish when it comes to health. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's yeah. wrong. I think it's really important to remember it. it's just, it's not wrong to be selfish sometimes. I think you yeah. need to embrace that. I I almost have this, this thing in my mind where a, a, a day or two, a, week, a, a month or a couple of days a month, I have my like selfish days and I just kind of, <laughs> I, I just, you know, my phone will go on silent almost and I'm like, look, right now, I, no one else needs me as much as I need to to, to just have some time to myself. Yeah. And it might not be that I need to do anything. It might be that I want to sit there all day and binge the crown or something, you know, something weird <laughs> like that. I just don't... Choice. I, well, I, you know, I love the crown. I won't lie to you. Um, as a socialist, <laughs> I don't know how that, that quite I was going to but... say, Chris, that's so <laughs> surprising <laughs> yeah. to me. Um, as a socialist, I mean... watching a thing about the monarchy is an odd thing, but um, maybe it just fuels my hatred. <laughs> I don't know. To be um, fair, I, I loved it I, too. I, I think also what Chris was saying is, and, and Sadie as well, it's a valuable point. You know, I think so much of my problem was as well that I wouldn't have days off. You know, if yeah. I if I took something a day off to, oh, I want to do this for myself there would be a huge amount of guilt attached to that. Yeah. You know, I'd be sitting there thinking, I should actually be achieving something today um, instead of just being sat here. And and I think it's so important for people to say, actually, you know what, sometimes you don't have to do that. You do what you want to, do what you well, enjoy without that, that guilt. Because then when you come back absolutely. to do other stuff, it just travels with you for yes. everything you do then. And the other yeah. thing is that, like, Pierce has taught me that I, if, if friends said, do you want to go out tonight? I'd say yes, no matter what mood I was in. And I had a real issue saying like, like no, like because I I felt like unless I had a valuable excuse, like a valid excuse, then even then though you would go to an absolute yeah. length. You'd be like, oh okay, well I've broken my leg, I'll still come. You know, I'm still in the hospital, <laughs> but I'll be there in an hour. You know, yeah. and you're like, no, cat, you you don't have to do that. Yeah, <laughs> and definitely. Like, and I think um, oh go on, cat. No, 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 no it's just fine. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think um. It's also really important to remember that the people who you think you might be letting down, if it's if it's sort of something like, oh God, I have to do this, otherwise I'll let them down. That is the kind of situation where, um, you know, you will find your real friends. And, yeah. um, you know, if you, you don't have to explain to these people, I don't feel good because mm. in retrospect, First of all, I'm sure they would probably understand anyway, but after a couple of days of, of even if you think, you know, oh, I've been the worst friend ever, just being like, I'm really sorry, I had this, they, you know, these friends would be like, why are you even apologising? This is so... Yeah, yeah exactly, absolutely. yeah. <laughs> I think we've had a couple of those conversations, Sadie. <laughs> just like, <laughs> Definitely. like, don't worry. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> yeah. okay. And I think I've had similar things with people definitely where I've um when I was younger I definitely used to if someone said, Oh, do you want to go to this? And I I feel like I had to find um a reason not to do it and I'd be like, Oh, you know, I'm not I'm not feeling well. I had to find something um Yeah. Phys- something that, that you, you couldn't argue with because I felt that's mm. what I do rather than simply yeah. I don't feel okay, you know, like mentally it's not what I need right now. I was like, this feels yeah. really bad. So I have to yeah. uh, try and find an excuse or worse, try and go to this thing that I, I don't end up enjoying. You know, I end up hating every second of it. And I, it, I, I resent myself for making myself go there. And I, sometimes I remember thinking I almost resent my friends for, um, yeah. for organizing this. And that's not fair because, you know, I, I had the power 
um, to say no, and it's fine. And to be honest, I think, yeah, your your real friends will will understand, um, and, and not even yeah. question it. Like if if you need that time for you, if you can't, if you're not feeling well enough to go to something or anything like that, you can just say that, and you don't have to justify it to anyone. And I, I think, think the it, oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, Sadie. Um, I think the tragedy of it is as well that usually it's not when you first hear, oh, let's go to an event or let's do this thing. In if it's in two weeks' time, it's not such a big deal. But it's as you get closer to it, yeah. you can cancel at the last minute because that's when it really sits oh, on you. The last minute cancellations break your heart as well because yeah. you're like, I, I literally can't do this, and I've left it so late that it's just even worse. You feel like you're letting these people down so much worse because you've left it last minute, but there's nothing you can do. No. Sometimes though, it it's does pay off when it your friends good. push you because I remember it's actually a, a Yonica gig. Uh, and I, Yonaka are one of my favourite bands, as everyone knows. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, uh, after being ill, I, with sepsis, as we've just like mentioned in previous episodes, I ended up having really like really bad immune system issues. So I became allergic to a lot of things, and I had a really bad allergic reaction all over my face. <laughs> Fucking so, pineapple. Honestly, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> I want to actually buy a pineapple tree. She wouldn't let me. And she said, think about it. Think about it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Allergic. Anyway. Um, but anyway, so I had this, this reaction. My eyes had swollen up. My lips had swollen up. And I had like blotches all over my face. And I wasn't allowed to put makeup on. Because obviously, you know, makes it worse. Um, and my friends are like come on let's go and they and they want to take photos and stuff and I literally just remember like feeling so shit and was just like I don't I don't want to take photos I don't even really want to go to the gig but like I've just got to go and I remember I, I think hard for you, though, I think I cried didn't I yeah um because I, I just I remember didn't you being so upset I just don't feel like the others like understood at the time but yeah. I went and had the best time mm. and it was one mm. of my favorite nights but so like it was good in one way but i probably should have been a bit more like because mm. i think i said oh guys like, i don't i don't really feel good like i like look at me like i look like a reptile um <laughs> but <laughs> i should have been like no like seriously i i don't feel good i maybe should have been a bit more like this is actually yeah, upsetting selfish. me yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. Obviously, I am glad I went, but it was a lesson to be like, actually, I could have not gone, and I would have, it would have been okay. Yeah, I think just going back to what Chris said about feeling like you have to make up a valid excuse. I think it's still so interesting that we feel like mental health isn't a valid excuse. Isn't a valid excuse, um, yeah. To the to the point where, like, so I have um, a job where at the moment I just work in a cafe and I love it so much and I really enjoy it. But there's been a couple of occasions where I haven't felt able to go. I just haven't. And yeah. for some reason, and I think a lot of people struggle with this, and it's it, I still feel the stigma. As someone who is very open about my difficulties and my issues and who's really able to talk about it, I still can't disclose. I feel unable to disclose to my boss and to my workplace that I have mental health issues because I don't think it will be taken seriously. To yeah. the point where when I've had to have days off, I I like had to message my boss first thing in the morning to be like, I'm so sorry, I've, you know, developed a really horrible cold. And she was, I mean, this is a little bit 
iffy i mean i felt quite bad but she replied saying oh that's awfully quick to develop a cold i was like no i know i'm sorry but i don't want to tell you that i'm having a bad mental health day because i think that you'll think it's invalid and that's that's nothing that's not a reflection on my boss that's a reflection on culture yeah um so also it is it is interesting like i mean like surely she should have questioned the fact that you could have had covid if you said you'd quickly developed i know literally it was it was during covid as well (laughs) i was like okay well i'm i'm just gonna be safe and stay at home (laughs) (laughs) uh, you're right you are right about the um that kind of thing i mean i remember um cat will know i used to have a job tutoring um (laughs) you love that job so Um, much (laughs) and it, it it in retrospect it's not a job that um did me any favours on the mental health front. Um, but I remember not long after I started on my antidepressants, I went in and I felt like I had to be honest with my oh, manager yeah, and say, look, I'm, um, I've just started today these these antidepressants. Um, and I've been told that they might have side, you know, I might have side effects from them. It might not, you know, I might not feel so good. I don't feel amazing as it is. I feel kind of dizzy and kind of spaced out and, and things like that. Um, and so I think the first question that the manager asked was, um, okay, and how long is that going to last? And it was <laughs> it was very cold and very removed from the fact that I'd gone in. And, you know, clearly I feel like if you've got to the point where you're you're on some form of medication, things are things are not great, you know? Things are... Yeah. You're struggling. Mm-hmm. And that's it was basically me walking in and saying, I am having a really hard time right now. And to get yeah. a reaction like that was like, Wow. It's unacceptable. Okay, it was in horrible. In any form, that is so unacceptable. It and was it's horrible. really difficult to understand at the time that that is unacceptable. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of, the stupid thing was, because I was already, I was still in two minds about it, and I was like, I'm not sure this medication will work for me. I I, I kind of I internalised what, what she was saying and took that on myself and went, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe I need to just, just suck it up and get on with it. Um, and then the next time I was due to go into work, which was about a couple of days later... I, you know, side effects still gone, and they kind of got a bit worse. So I had a bit of a um, a migraine going on, which I, I get migraines anyway, but it was a, a particularly bad migraine. Um, and I I ended up calling in. I was like, look, I um, I can't come in. And I made up something. I was like, oh, yeah, um, I, you know, I've really hurt my leg or something. Because I just didn't even want to go near the issue that it, it was um, antidepressants and, and things like that. I was like, no, no, I've just I've hurt my leg. It's a physical injury that you can't argue that. And it's like, oh, get well soon. You know, that's really bad. And I was like, wow. Okay, so if it's a physical thing, you you understand that that's bad and you're sympathetic. If I come to you and explain that I've started on this medication because I'm having a bad time mentally, it's when will that end? When will you get over I it? I fully, yeah, totally get it. And I think there is still not just um sort of bosses or or colleagues or whatever not understanding i don't know how you guys feel but i still think there is this issue within oh i don't want to say it because i really appreciate everything they do but within the nhs and within our health service yeah because i don't know about you guys but i've gone to gps before and said i feel like this and you just kind of get dismissed and and you know i I went i've been to a and e um a couple of times when i was really poorly with my eating disorder and um, because I was told, you know, if you have any heart palpitations, you go to A&E right away because you are, you're at a dangerous point. Had heart palpitations. I could feel this. I didn't think it was good. Went to A&E and they, they were so rude 
and dismissive um and it it was <laughs> it honestly like I, I i just don't even know how how to explain i just don't even know how to explain and even though that was quite a few years ago i still think that this is an issue and yeah. but I, and having said that i do re- i appreciate everything they do for us i really do um but i do think still think it's an issue I, yeah i think yeah. it's a great organization and i you know i love the fact that we have an nhs and i never ever want to lose that but as ever it's one of those things where i the institution i i think is is amazing and i'm so lucky to have it but there are people within that who yeah, are it's just people, you know, isn't who, it? who don't understand and haven't yeah. got that knowledge and the right level of, of compassion that maybe you need and yeah, absolutely. that I, is a problem I, that is I mean, when I was yeah. going in, Chris, I, I remember really clearly that I went in first time. I said, listen, I, I've, I've experienced this before. When I get into a relationship, I start having these issues. And I said, listen, I'm going to try and get uh, ahead of ahead this of it, now. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't mm-hmm. affect me like it did last time. And it did. It ended two or three of my relationships prior. And I said, OK, I'm not going to let that be the thing that's the problem this time. So I went in and he gave me, um, I, I forget what it's called, Citalopram, <laughs> and um, he ran me on that for about a month. And things only got worse, things only got worse. He said, don't worry, it's going to take about that long to start kicking in. Another month yeah. passed and then things were much worse. So then he doubled it and then he doubled oh, it again. Wow. And then it went by about three or four months and that was at the point then. When I thought I had to get because I was I was thinking so irrationally and erratically, and it got worse and worse and worse. And it was at that point that at the very lowest, where I had to go into him and say, "Listen, I I, I think in all honesty, I think I'm going to kill myself. You know, I, I've mm-hmm. I've taken in a length of rope into my in my bedroom. Um, I, I and I had it stashed mm-hmm. away. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't think I was actively going to do anything with it, but still, it was there, and I knew it was there, and that was yeah. in my head. Um, yeah. And at that point, then he acted. As soon as he thought, actually, he's got, he might, he'd be a complete risk right now, immediately to himself. Then he acted. As soon as I went in to see the crisis team, within two seconds, they said, "What medication are you on?" I told <laughs> them, and they said, "Yeah, no, that can react badly and bring on paranoid thoughts in people." Yeah, yeah. And I I, thought, to be honest, Great. I also think it's worth noting. First of all, before I say this medication can really help some people it really yeah. can it's definitely helped me but yeah. um it's also worth noting that every single uh, as far as i'm aware every single medication i've i've been on um which is a lot of different ones um if you read the little booklet that comes in the oh, uh, in description box which you should a common side effect is always suicidal thoughts yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's fine that's fine that that is how it works that's kind of how it works it's it um it it plays with the serotonin levels in your brain and um that is sometimes what happens but if you have a bad reaction to that people should not dismiss it and be like you're on mm. medication that shouldn't happen because it can happen yes another can. thing actually that's just reminded me so i explained to sadie about this but my so I'm on the contraceptive implant and um it would have been so last October I had to get it changed over but in the few months leading to it needing to be changed I was like really really depressed for no reason like 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 as in no not like no reason like there was n- nothing <laughs> bringing it on if you get what I mean like um I, I wasn't like my dog died so I'm depressed it was just like <laughs> out of the blue Mm. and um i had no motivation no energy nothing like i just felt crap all the time and to the point that i actually even spoke to pierce's parents about it which normally i wouldn't about stuff like that 
but I, I was just that low and it turned out it was just because I'd been on these hormones which is similar to you know with having taking tablets for uh, depression and stuff when your body adjusts differently so when I suddenly started running out of these hormones it just made me drop completely and it wasn't until I got my implant changed so I was topped up again on the hormones and I suddenly mm. felt fine again straight away felt fine yeah, yeah so, it's it's definitely an interesting thing for for women or mm. for people who um uh not even just for women but um you know uh, being really politically correct um people who menstruate yeah um and have these these hormones these um female hormones or um, even people who take estrogen or yeah exactly exactly that hormones play a massive massive role in in um your moods and um can definitely affect thing like mental health yeah um, and can exacerbate because obviously like people don't when like when you have your period or something if you've got a mental health issue that your period can literally make your mental health issue 10 times bad for those few days or whatever yeah 100% so um recently um I I think most people get this when you're on your period you bloat obviously in the past I've had a lot I've had you know an eating disorder so I've had a lot of body dysmorphia and body confidence issues and um, things like that and when I bloat and it's sort of a constant thing and it's not just because I've eaten a bit more that day I suddenly go into this horrible spiral of I'm fat I need yeah. to lose weight why am I so lazy and it's because I'm on my period and that's yeah. not even to do with hormones that's just a physical side effect yeah. of what happens it's just my body and people yeah. like well I say people but it's obviously like men <laughs> don't um, like can't understand sometimes like that it's it's almost like an illness you're like ill for a week for a month you, yeah. you, you're like in pain you feel like crap you're fatter than normal <laughs> like it is it is like a pretty crappy thing to go horrendous through. and I sometimes it's, sorry it, yeah, I, I don't I, I feel bad for interrupting please. but it, it's no, one no, of those no, things no, where um i feel like a lot of men are still um uncomfortable talking about periods and things like that they're still they still pull faces they still sit there and go oh i don't really want to talk about this and i i've heard kind of some like my sister was telling me not too long ago about um hearing people talking about periods and men saying oh can't you just hold it in can't you just can't you just not for it it's like (laughs) are you such like and i sat there and i was like are you were they an idiot? Like, have they never had any form of sex education? That's so ridiculous. It's but I think being. it's really important that men um, understand that women and people who menstruate will get periods. That does happen. It is a fact of yeah. life. You cannot, there's no point being disgusted about it because that's just childish and, mm. you know, grow up, basically. Yeah. yeah. You need and to understand that this happens. If you ever want happens, children, yeah. Yeah, like it, it yeah. happens, okay? That's what's going on. Yeah. So the best thing you can do is get over that as soon as physically possible and work out how to be supportive instead. That's and, what And I matters. think that comes to, comes down to that yeah. toxic masculinity you were saying earlier, Chris, again. Yeah. This idea of being a man and, and not liking to talk about periods and things like that and not well, being they, sensitive and I happy, was... um, you know, like, oh, that that's, that's nothing to do with me and uh, making jokes or whatever. I, I think so much of it we have to, especially as men, understand that it is okay 
to yeah. be sensitive to talk yeah. about these things it's yeah. like uh, it, it, we're and to challenge it now. when you hear someone say something that isn't right you know it's when someone yeah. goes it's definitely, oh yeah. they're not you know I was talking to her and she was in a weird mood she's probably on her period like that's an oh. appropriate call out immediately yeah. it's lad culture shut that it down is lad yeah. culture. although yeah. the only yeah, thing is. I would say is at school um I mean the boys might not remember at primary school Sadie I wonder if this happened to you but I remember mm. when we had the period discussion at school they separated they sent the boys out mm. to go play football yeah and the girls to have a discussion on periods <laughs> in primary yeah, yeah. school yeah we had that we had that I wasn't oh maybe it was no you know what's ridiculous is that it was in I think it was in year seven or year eight, so you're like twelve oh. or thirteen. And it's I was like, like Huns, we've all started our periods, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Unless um, you're but yeah, me. it was girls only. And I started yeah. at fourteen. <laughs> I thought oh, that was wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. I remember yeah, that talk happening at primary school. Really I remember bad. the girls being taken out of the room to have that talk and I remember being I think oh. in our school we were sent out to play rugby or something. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Again, it's like I'll go do something masculine. Go and throw I, a ball I, around and fight for I, a bit while we talk about this girls' issue. And you, know, you don't need to hear about this. Cover your. When ears. you think about the yeah. amount of things that women have to go through compared to men, really, we should have been taken down the corridor to the period appreciation society. You know, you should all sit down. Like, so you yeah. don't have to deal with any of this. Childbirth, no. Periods, yeah. no. You just have to run along. Yeah. Also, just times. be grateful if you want children. <laughs> then these women are doing this thing. I mean, yes it's involuntary yeah. involuntary <laughs> they're doing this thing so you can have children yes <laughs> i think they shouldn't exclude boys from no. the period discussions oh, they should completely you, they i think have it's a wrong because room. it reinforces in your mind from an early age that it's not it's not an issue for yeah. men it's not a male issue in any way so mm. yeah. don't worry about it. and that probably feels like kind of the childish behaviour a lot of men go into of going oh i yeah. don't want to talk about this yeah. whereas if you just confronted oh, like, it at an early age and said here is a thing that happens to women and people who menstruate. Yeah. You need to be and aware of it because a, you're going to come across it in life. Yeah. yeah, when a tampon or a sanitary pad oh like falls God. out your bad bag at school <gasps> and suddenly you're like the talk Die. of the town and it's like, oh my God, she has periods. It's like, yeah, cool, half the school population does. <laughs> I've never Literally. understood that. I've yeah, never so understood it's that. so bizarre. And I mean, imagine growing up, if you're a, a woman, a young girl, going through that and say it's just normal male household that you're living in and there's no one to relate to there's no one to chat to it is so important at that part as a man to mm. be open enough and to chat about that kind of stuff because it must yeah. be so difficult for someone if they haven't got someone who's there to support them on that level yeah i mean, Christ, I mean the I least we can do is be understanding i went shopping the other week um and i asked my sister whether she needed anything and she kind of she did that thing where she get she went quite <laughs> quiet and she she got quite awkward and i in my mind i was like okay so it's going to be pads or tampons okay let's go and you know she was like kind of awkward about it and then she kind of quietly showed me this packet and was like oh can you get me some of these and i was like yeah i can get you pads that's fine like just make sure i like show me which ones it is and i like i actually made sure i wrote down like exactly which ones that she wanted because i didn't want to get it wrong i was really conscious i was like i cannot get this wrong (laughs) and i got to the shop and i got there and i was like i really got i got i got in it's fine and the ones that I was, I'd been told to get and I knew I needed to get weren't available. They'd all been sold out. And so I was like, okay, no, no, I need to call her and work out what is an acceptable alternative. Because I just don't, I don't want to just pick one up and like, it's not like paracetamol or something. I can just go, oh, I'll just pick up 
this brand and it'll be fine. Super like jumbo. it's a very different thing. I was like, I have to I want to make sure I get the right one for her so I can be supportive in that sense. And yeah, I called her up and Absolutely. They did you know, I was people were looking around and like there were there were guys there with their girlfriends looking at me a bit like, What's he doing? That's Why not is he okay. doing that? That's and it was okay. like I'm just there like, yeah, I look, I'm doing this. I phoned my sister. If you were like, buying condoms, though, it would have been like, no one would have... It would have been like, hey, he's done it. Hey, yeah, exactly. he's having some. But it was like, look, I'm going to do this. And I called her up and I got the ones and I, you know, I made sure I got them. I like was walking around, holding them in my hand. Like I had no issue. Like I was had it in one hand while I was going to grab like, I don't know, some Pringles or something. It was something dumb <laughs> like that. And I'm walking around and like, you can see people look at you and it's like, why you? Why have you got those? What are you doing? I'm like, this is just, this is. Look, I'm in a shop. Mm. I'm buying things. This is something I need to buy. Admittedly, not for myself, but for someone I care yeah. about. So mm. I'm just gonna do it. And I, you know, look at me all yeah. you like. No, it's it's, it's so it's true though, because even even not only for men, but oh, it's for me, awful. I actually yeah. I actually don't use. I'm just gonna be very frank. I don't use tampons or pads. I use a, a menstrual cup because I just Same get piece. on with it. But when I was buying <laughs> sanitary products, um, I would like hide them in my shopping basket. Did you find the first time you bought like period products, it was the most mortifying experience of your I life? I still, I still, and up until I stopped <laughs> using them, I still found it really embarrassing. Like I said, I was hiding them in my shopping basket under different things. Um, and I would never go to like an actual checkout because I didn't, like, yep, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with me? Yep. What's wrong with me? That's so bizarre. And the thing is, it's like dogs, right? Who don't. Sorry, that's such a weird. <laughs> just, just saying oh that I, uh, the man in the room, did not say that. Hang on. No, no, no. I, I would not say that or no, make that comparison. But like, hang on, like, wow. Pierce asked me the other day, "Do dogs get periods?" And yes. I said, um, "Yes, if they're not spaded." Uh, wait, spaded. that's spaded. Spaded. Spade. <laughs> no, 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 because it's not called. That's when you have it for a cat. What's it called when it's spade? It's spade. spade. It's, spade. it's still spade. spade. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> spade. I can be politically incorrect when it's about animals. Okay, guys. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, my point is that Pierce didn't know about dogs having periods, and he was like, "Well, what? Like, what happens?" I was like, "Well, they just, you know, they ha- they when they're on, in season, they um they." is it in season or off season in season in they, season, um, in season. They, or on heat yeah, yeah they they bleed and they'll bleed on your sofa and you just have to clean it up but you can't really do much it's just there yeah like yeah you can't thing, you're not going to get angry at a dog right you're not going to do it you're not going to go why did you do that you're just going to accept it and, and move on maybe and just that, don't yeah. buy a white sofa it's weird <laughs> that when that happens with, with people dog. it'll be like oh why has this happened what, how have you let that like i remember hearing stories about um like friends of mine who who weren't expecting to go on their period and they they hadn't it they hadn't it hadn't expected to happen that day and then yeah. it did happen in the middle of the day and they didn't have any products and they mm. i remember in primary school i think they had to go to, to talk to one of the teaching assistants and i can imagine yeah. that must have been a horrible experience because they made it sound like it was trying to justify it almost and explain why you hadn't brought in whatever it was you needed that day and yeah. I was like, this is so, you should not be doing this. This shouldn't be, nothing about this should be, you shouldn't make it more stressful than you have to for people. Mm. And that was and like think, ridiculous. Yeah. And I think hopefully now we're moving towards it. I've, I've certainly seen it in the last kind of 15 years 
where this equality side of things is getting better. It's still not there, mm. but it's getting better. Yeah. And I think it should get to the point now where there is no difference between men and women, where we do accept all those elements of one another, where it is okay if you're not the most masculine man, or okay if you are, and take away the meaning of even the words masculine and effeminate. They don't mean yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, whatever you are is yeah. what you are. And, and that, um, that's why when people call us the snowflake generation, I'm like, and so what? It's the We're best gonna it's be ever the, been. Yeah, the most respectful in, in history, like as to date, we're going to be the most aware and hopefully people start feeling better and living better and, lives. And in turn, as a really lovely segue, this will help people's mental health. Mm. Yes. It will. And being more accepting and more aware and being able to more understand why why people are offended by these things um, and how not to offend will in turn help people's mental health. Yeah, yes. I hope so, and yeah. I think it'd be really important. I, you know, I, I hope that, you know, I get to see in my lifetime the point where, you know, saying, I, you know, I have depression is not just oh you're a bit sad. Oh well, just be happy. Yeah. Like let's yeah. just take that outside and get rid of it because I really, really hope we get beyond that and understand the, you know, it's it's a horrible thing to have to go through. I don't, I I know what I've been through. I can't, I can. Um, Empathize or sympathize? I can't remember which one I want to go for. Um, yeah, I always forget. <laughs> I can't. But I, I understand. Like, I I can listen to my friends talk about this, and I can, can kind of understand what they're telling me. And but I can never walk in their shoes, so to speak. And I can't know exactly what's going on inside their mind. But I know what I've got inside my mind. And I mm. I don't want anyone else to ever have to go through something like that. I don't want people to go through some of the experiences that I've gone through. And so that's why I would do my best to make sure that we can avoid that. And part of things like that is is this is us for talking honestly about things and and trying to remove the stigma that clearly still exists but you know it's less it, it i think it has lessened from what it used to be but we've got a long way to go and so Absolutely. we shouldn't ease up if anything we should be doubling down and making sure that we every time this stigma comes up we fight it we challenge it and we try our best to keep getting rid of it Absolutely, Chris. And I mean, you know, I'm, I, when Kat asked me to come on and do this thing today, I, I wasn't really comfortable with the idea of it, I have to admit, because I, I don't really like talking about it. But as you said, the, the value of us doing this is that some of us might be uncomfortable about it and some of us might not have voiced some of the things before but it's valuable because if anyone else even one person hears this and thinks you know what i will talk about my mental health now and make it more of a comfortable conversation then that's a worthwhile thing yes. and um every time we get a little bit closer to that we're we're, we're better off you know yeah. we can only be working towards it the first thing i think like with advice is like talk to someone whether it's a friend or the GP and remember you can take a friend to the GP to talk about your mental health if you want to you can take somebody there um, and that means if the GP turns out not to be a very good one or a very understanding one you still have the support of your friend there to tell like to remind you that that's like not appropriate and you can go and see it remember you can always see another doctor yeah there I think that's so a big thing doctors. actually to make sure that you don't get put off by one poor yeah. um, example or one bad, like we said earlier the NHS is a wonderful thing with many people who are really compassionate and understanding but, but sometimes you find those people who aren't as compassionate and understanding and uh, yeah. problematic but don't let that make you think that everyone is that way it hopefully is only a minority and a shrinking minority so yeah. don't feel any less valid in yourself 
No, no, no. Were there any questions you guys had like prepared that we wanted to like answer? I think we got through most of them without, I was going to say, should we do a, a section where we ask each other questions? But I think we've gone through most things. What I was going to say is that we will be posting a lot of different mental health resources um, on with the podcast. So wherever you locate it, if it's on Spotify or on YouTube, we will have some resources in the description. Absolutely. Um, there's, is it Talk Space, Talking Space? Um, talking talking space. space, which I think so. You've used and Sadie's used. Yes, yeah. I think I've maybe spoken to them as well. Um, who are adults? Are they the adult social services? So, do you know a bit more about it than me? Yeah, I think they they're sort of a, a halfway house almost um, between um, your GP and the your local adult mental health service and they sort of assess you and decide um, what you need but they will refer you to um, local counsellors or to the mental health service and basically they're a really good resource if you um, are at a point where you know you need to do something yeah mm. um, but there are also loads of other good resources um, and helplines so um, Mind um, is a really great yep. mental health charity, um, and they have lots of different resources. They have um, an app. Obviously, if yep, if things get really bad, um, then there's always Samaritans, yes. um, which, yes. as far as I know, are twenty four seven. Um, and there's um, for eating disorder support or to support um, a loved one who you think might be struggling. Um, Beat is Beat, a really, yeah. really, really great yeah. charity. Um, and uh, there are also some really great resources online. Um, so for anxiety management skills, I use a website called, I think it's called getselfhelp.com. Um, and that has a lot of anxiety management strategies. So definitely worth a look as well. Yeah. And there's also specific ones if you're in the teenage bracket. I don't think many of the people who listen to this podcast are teenagers, but if there are, there are specific charities like Young Minds who deal with adolescents and children. Yeah, and at universities as well. I know you're definitely at Birmingham, and I think at most others, if not all other universities, there'll be some form of kind of support service in place. There'll be probably a couple of different ones. There's normally one run by university itself, maybe run by a department. I know at Birmingham we had a service called Nightline and it was run by students, by the student union and it was just a a kind of, you could phone them or message them online at any point, I think it's 24-7 and they would, they'd listen to you and it was kind of, I guess kind of like the Samaritans but a little more close to home and a bit more kind of, yeah. they had similar experiences to you so they, maybe you could you feel more relaxed with that. So I think if you're if you're at uni, then that's definitely a good thing to make sure you work out what kind of resources are available there. I know that some workplaces, my workplace is really good at, um, we have um, kind of counselling services available to us through work that are confidential and anonymous, so you don't have to tell your manager about it, you can access it yourself without having to, to go through anything else. There's, honestly, I feel like there's a lot out there and they're not always well publicised. So it and does sometimes also, require us to, to have to search for them. But they are there. There's so much help available and it, it's growing all the time. And yeah, don't be afraid. There's nothing shameful or wrong in asking for help and accepting help. It's part of who we are as human beings that we're not always going to be okay. There are going to be points where we need to, to ask someone for help. 
and you shouldn't feel ashamed of that in any way shape or form and if you're not quite ready to like physically go somewhere or speak to someone there's often like facebook group chats of uh say you're like a sexual assault um survivor or you know there's different things and a lot of the time there are charities that have like facebook chats which you can talk to somebody who's gone through similar experiences they're not going to be able to give you therapy or um necessarily uh like medication or anything like that but they might be someone to get you in the right direction and i think also you know mm. talking to some of your friends yeah um i mean uh, to be honest uh, some of my friends when i was growing up i was having mental issues um obviously not all of them are going to understand sometimes but there are friends that I had no idea they had mental issues yeah. going on. And we actually supported one another um, through a lot of things, you know, and they're, they're some of the best friends I have around now. Um, and we made a, a kind of group between us really, and, and we bounced off one another and we held up to one another. I think that's so important as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I I guess one thing that I, sorry, I just remembered I had it and Pave actually reminded me of that, was that um, part of my CBT was trying to work out ways of challenging the thought in my mind that my friends didn't care about um, or they wouldn't be interested or want to hear about how I was feeling in an honest way um, which is really stupid because it's not like any of my friends gave me the impression that they would be like that but I think that internally I kind of believed that I wasn't important enough to warrant any kind of real attention or anything like that so I actually asked my friends um, or a couple of my friends to send me something something like what they thought of me and something nice that I had that I didn't realise about myself some of the qualities, the positive qualities I had in my life that I didn't understand that I had um, and I just like I just had a couple of those, I was going to go for a couple of them if that was okay with you yeah, guys yeah, cause yeah. It's, yeah it, please it was something that really helped me so I, you know, I won't name who it was who said it but it was really helpful stuff so it was um you know you are kind thoughtful even sometimes too thoughtful funny and a great friend you always check in to make sure i'm okay even when you're struggling you <laughs> you're really good at cooking which was a an unexpected one because i don't think i am <laughs> but um there was you know you have an ability to radiate positive energy and make people feel at ease even when you're not in the best place you're good to become friends with you're caring devilishly funny that was thrown in there um thoughtful <laughs> enthusiastic passionate and generally caring um supportive empathetic selfless and it's things that i didn't um i'd never i didn't believe that there were qualities that i had um mm. and i i guess it's slowly i'm learning to accept those but i think it it was a a, a difficult step to understand that there were those kind of positive things about me and mm. it, it, I'm really glad I took it because I, when I feel really, really alone and I'm struggling, I actually look back at it yes. and I, I have it in this book and I, I've written them all down and I yeah. will go back to it and I'll go, you know what, you are loved actually, you know, you really are and yeah. even if you don't believe that, you don't have to believe it necessarily, you don't have to, to think it, if your brain is telling you that you're not loved or cared about, actually you've got hard evidence that that's not the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know what? Find something like if you if that would help you find something like that, something physical that can remind you of of good things and and mm. you know the sense that you won't always be 
necessarily in a bad place if even if you are now yeah. i think yeah, that's really important did, did maybe you guys... we could do that for each other maybe yeah we could do things that we think are, are really positive about each other i think that, that could be, be really cute. good i think it's really good yeah. we could really yeah. i think we could yeah. maybe do like an instagram poll as well on the podcast saying if you're having yeah. a low day like you know we we will let you know the reason why we like you and why we're friends with you or something as well to involve other people is there anything else you two lovely guests would like to say before we wrap well i quite liked sorry i i realized that you said lovely guests and i piped up immediately um but i quite like (laughs) sadie's idea of sharing kind of positive things that we have about (laughs) each other so i think that could be quite good to like do now almost yeah i agree i would okay oh cringe fest okay i mean look i'll start us off by um so I probably know Sadie the least of any yeah. anyone. In fact, I definitely do. I don't know why I'm saying probably. <laughs> um, I think we've only met in person once, possibly, once. when I came to visit Cat at yeah. Uni. Um, yeah. But from what I've seen, what you know, what I saw of you that day, and what I've seen of you since on Instagram and YouTube, and what I've heard about the way that you have been with Cat and Piers, you are someone who is... I really get the impression that you're incredibly strong as a person, that you have overcome a lot in your life, um, and that you really have a kind of strong sense of compassion that is really, um, it's amazing, you know, it's really important and really valued, and, you know, I, I can see why, you know, people why people like you, why Kat's been friends with you, why that's happened. Um, so that's that's my positive thing thank you so much that's so lovely see this is why i didn't want to do this because now i'm gonna cry (laughs) no but this is a good thing it's a good thing this is this is a good thing it's showing people that it's okay to cry Mm. no (laughs) no i'm not ready (laughs) 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 okay if i laugh then i can pass it off as laugh and cry yeah there you go go. every good you do you um Pierce, you want to throw something nice into the mix? It can be about anyone. Yeah, yeah no, no, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I, I could go through each one of you. I really could. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to reserve with Kat because Cat yeah. knows a lot about that. Well, that, I could go through everyone. But, you know, I, 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 you know I'll start with Chris and then I'll, I'll say for both of you because I do know you both well. Um, the truth is that Chris has always been the loveliest most attentive person you know and I, you have been Chris all the way through if I've ever asked you to do anything you've always come at it with the utmost care and much more than I think any person has ever done really you know any even my closest friends who I've seen for years and years would look over things you would pay so much mind to them um, and I mean from the very first time we met you know you just were incredibly caring and and it came straight through and as, as, as you say you know it's hard for you to see at different points but it to everyone else around you i can promise you it is as clear as day that you have all those qualities and and more than that as well that you know every single one of them is incredibly strong um and th- this this caring nature this this loving nature that's in you and an incredibly bright side as well and this kind of sarcasm and the, the funniness that comes out you're incredibly funny as well in a very straight-faced <laughs> way um but as I say, every single act you have ever done makes people around you happy. It, it really does. You're just uh, there's 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 no negatives about you. I, I could ever think of really, to be honest with you, Chris. Um, now, Sadie, prepare yourself. Oh. Uh, 
I mean, say I've I've said it already. You know, when I was in my very darkest darkest hour, you didn't have to be so kind to me. Um, and you know, you you didn't know me that well. Yeah, I was going to say you not. hadn't even really established a friendship not at that really. point. And mm. at that moment in time, you actually, as I say, you supported Cat, but you uh, you might remember as well. We talked on nights, and you supported me, and you yeah. were completely unjudgmental. And you were actually very, very strong, very strong, as, as Chris has said. You would, you, I remember you, you talking about things with a kind tone, but at the same time, you got all the points there. And you did, you always made me feel better. And how you can, on one side, as, as you said, been through all this kind of stuff, you, you're struggling with a lot and holding a lot on your shoulders, but at the same time, for friends who are around you, um, portray have have a selfless image, and always, you know, you're always you were lovely to chat to. You're always so caring, and you could never see those that the the struggle that you had, and you know, you wanted everyone else around you again to have a good time, and um, as I say, you made everyone else's lives just nicer. You know, it, uh, whenever we went on a night out, whenever we were sat there all together, um, <laughs> you always brought something to it that was a really lovely part. Sorry, I, it's, it's very difficult. I just descend into words of oh, loveliness and this now, but it's all <laughs> true. You know. That's so lovely, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to sit you. back. No, you're welcome, Chris, as well. That's, I yeah. um, shall, I, shall I go? Okay, sure. yeah, yeah, go Uh-oh. for it. Yeah? Oh, no. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with Chris as well. Um, because like he you said, the um, out of these, out of these <laughs> lovely people, I definitely know Chris the least well. Um, but yeah, from what, you know what I know about you and how um the the times I've spoken to you and seen you um particularly today I you are just so eloquent and (laughs) sensitive sensitive talking about really important and personal things and I think that's such an amazing skill to have um and you're so you're so sensitive and yeah I uh, you're you're very aware of um what is going to be most helpful for people um and you 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 are evidently a very kind and caring person um who will put others first um you know like we were saying earlier we need to be selfish but um i think you you are a very kind person who um puts others first always. it's it's funny um, hearing you say that about chris sadie because i think a lot of that could be said about you as well (laughs) i think like you the way you talk about each other is crazy because that's why i'm friends with both of you because you have these qualities you're very different people but these these qualities are you know what i admire in both of you yeah and it's important to have friends around you like that you know who who are loving who care so much definitely yeah and thank Um, you sadie that that means a lot oh no you're welcome you're welcome no not at all (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm going to move on to Piers because I want to save Kat till last. Um, <laughs> um, but Piers, you are just so funny. And I, I just love you. I love your presence. I love being around you so much. Um, you're, you're such a funny person and you're also such a lightweight. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> such a flirt. You're so lovely. And I, I love how... Um, how much you empathize and yes we've had lots and lots of talks where bless you 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 feel like i've really helped you but also you are you are a really great listener and a really lovely advice giver and (laughs) you make me believe in self-compassion 
as well. I feel like you really help help me feel that I am worthy of helping myself, um, which is something that I really value in you as a person. Yeah. Thank you, Say. That's lovely. It really, yeah, you're really welcome. You're welcome. Um, and Katrina. Oh, oh no, because I'm already going to bloody cry. I just... No, you're, you're fine. You're fine. She's already going. Um, Kat, Kat is. Kat, you're, you're just so amazing. I'm a bad I, I, bitch. <laughs> I, you are, and you are the most amazing special cocktail maker. Um, and <laughs> um, I. I I, I'm so inspired by your strength. Um, like, how on earth you you got through life? Just you, you just get on with it, and you've had you've come through so much, and I, I find you so inspiring. And the fact that you laugh and smile and have such a genuinely lovely time with me, and we have such a lovely time together, is I. I, I just value that so much um, and you're such a good friend to me and it makes me so happy that we've been able to support each other yeah. um, through so many things um, including going to lectures in pyjamas um, oh yeah yeah turning uh, up yeah so <laughs> yeah, but I, I just I, yeah I love you very much and I think um, I'm, I'm so grateful to have you in my life I mean it's difficult <laughs> with because um, a lot of the stuff you said I completely agree but in like reverse straight back to you <laughs> and another thing is just like at uni I mean until I sort of made my family with peers with the dogs and everything um, at uni I did sort of struggle with like I saw uni as my home and you know you were that a homely figure mm. to me like you know when when we would spend time together it did feel like a yeah. little family and it felt like Completely. home um and especially like in first year when you sort of you know you I look at first years now and I think oh you look so young like you've got yeah. so much life to go through and so much experience and you look at them and you think like you're you're really like on ice right now and you just got to try and find your footing and I definitely think that not only did you make me feel like home uh, feel at home like home feel at home at uni <laughs> you also inspired me to better myself and uh you know obviously tackle sort of mental health issues and I think without that I wouldn't have you know been with Pierce and wouldn't have been as happy as I am now and I truly believe that was a lot with your influence um and with chris i mean oh god like <laughs> how can i describe you know 10 years or whatever it is now oh crying why is this crying oh, um with chris i mean it's it's impossible to describe like you know over 10 years of friendship especially as like for me the biggest thing with my friendship with chris is that he's been sometimes the only person on the planet that I've trusted you know um more in my younger years because I learned to trust people again in recent years um <laughs> thanks Sadie and Pierce um but no with Chris I mean you you've always been honest with me you've always been caring you've been forgiving I mean you know oh the stupid twattiest stuff I did as a teenager and you <laughs> He might have judged me for it, but not in a on a on a level that 
he shouldn't have done you know what I mean like it was there was always forgiveness there if I ever did something stupid and a lot of the times he was doing the stupid stuff with me I'm talking about <laughs> you as if you're not here but um yeah it's easier to not address you Chris <laughs> no but and we've been discussing lately in the podcast that it took us quite a long time in to be able to say like love you to each other and for not have the stigma of you're a boy I'm a girl oh like does this mean something like for me to be able to say no I love you and that's why when I say to people you're my brother it's because you know you have been more like family to me than a lot of my family have been so yeah I think that's that that's (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I think the thing is that with anything I've said, especially, I, I don't think any words I could ever say to compliment anyone on this call or any of my friends would do them justice um, or do them enough justice. You know, I, uh, there's so many people out there with so many great things about them. That, um, and as I say, it's uh, it's hard to a certain degree to voice all of those in one yeah. compressed <laughs> moment, if you know what I mean. But, yeah, um, definitely. I had to... Um pause for a second that I wasn't sure I could trust myself to speak about just crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my goodness, that was intense. Um, yeah. Um, I realised I didn't finish my um, my thing and I, that was weird. Um, Piers, I... <laughs> I, um, I was... I, I was quite nervous before I met you. I think I, I'd heard a bit about you, but not obviously you hadn't met you and I, I was quite scared I was like oh god what if he doesn't like me what you know like <laughs> what to be honest what? and it, it's what? not a reflection on you in any way no. I'm sad I thinking, was the exact same Chris I was the exact oh, same that should have <laughs> been the other way around it was the other way around I was panicking no, 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 my no. ass off I mean like Chris you should have been like I'm the best like I- I'm the best mate here for, like if this no, guy's no good fuck him well you can you... imagine Kat everything she said about the pair of you telling me all of this which she's always kind of voiced to me and then me going oh yes yeah, so you're going to be meeting them now you're thinking oh no pressure Ooh. <laughs> I, I was absolutely terrified and it's not a reflection on you but I was sat there thinking oh god what if he's a massive dick and I don't like him what if that happens what and what if I right. embarrass yeah. myself and we got past it <laughs> <laughs> and I went through like my mind was going a million miles a minute before I met you and I think within I don't know, probably about five minutes of meeting you. I was like, this is one of the most lovely people I've ever met. What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> like, you were so immediately friendly to to, to me. And, uh, you know, like, I was just this guy who you hadn't met before. Like, When did you, you know, meet for the first time? I think it was... Oh, uh, at the gig. I think what? it was it was a gig in London. It was, yeah. Chris, yeah. I remember you had a picture in your hand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the right hand side of the stage and I was on stage looking at you guys Honestly, and I waved and I was like, uh, that guy's got a picture in his head as, like, as is often the good. case in my life I was sat there holding a lot of alcohol um, there we oh, go guys. I thought you meant a photo why would he be I holding a photo at a gig no, 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 that's no, no, what no. I thought he had like a picture of Piers I yeah, yeah. was like waving <laughs> <laughs> I do I now I have one that you you're very close to my heart at any given moment. Um, thank you. For no, as I am. Um, yeah, a sangria. you were one of the most lovely people to me, and you were there for me and made me feel really relaxed because I was really out of my comfort zone. You know, I I got on a train and, and gone to London and done. I'd gone in the underground on my own, which is an experience I really hate and find stressful <laughs> at the best of times because it 
it, it it's a very intense situation to be in um and i had an amazing time i think the, the abiding memory of how our, our friendship started for me is running down a train station platform at whatever time it was <laughs> me completely drunk out of my mind because you're in the other half of the train and i'm like oh, i've got to get down there launching myself off, off this the train, train i launched myself of off the train and you know that's a story wait, wait, we'll come wait, back on to on a platform on a platform not like in it was a insane way. but you have always been so lovely to me and so kind to me and you know i remember thinking at some point you have no need to be like this. This isn't, you don't have to, you could hate me. I don't, but you have it. And you've been really compassionate and you've really inspired me to be more honest about my mental health and to kind of push myself to try new things, which I don't think I would have done if I hadn't been given a little push. So I am incredibly grateful that you are someone who's come into my life. And you know, even if you and Kat ever break up or anything Aww. like that, um, you, had to oh say my God. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be keeping you around, so don't you worry. Obviously, please don't break up, but if you do, just, you know. Yeah, you like. <laughs> you bloody bastard. Like, Maybe you break sit up, here. You when you see this video, you'll me. be able to see me holding back and just like, I'm not going to cry. Um, I love it. But thank you so much. He never Chris. cries, so I and, was um, kind of. I was looking at him like, cry, 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 the, bitch, uh, cry. <laughs> save the, um, the most intense till last. Um, uh, I obviously mm. have known Kat the longest of anyone um, here. And it was. It seems weird to me that um, after our first encounter where I, you know, I dropped you, I got my mum to drop you off at home because you live around the corner from me. I messaged you and said, oh, so hey, can I have your number? And you said, no, and thanks for the lift. Um, so it's kind of weird to me that 10 years on, we're sat here having this conversation, you know? It's like, oh, weird how that one works out. You are one of my very best friends, and you have been there for me more times than you can realise. Um, I was really distraught when you when you moved away yeah. from uh, from our school was, back in back when we were at secondary school. I... I, I felt like it was my mind was I, I catastrophized it so much I was like what if I lose her as a friend I can't I can't do that I don't want to do that that and was it, such it a heartache ruined me. I couldn't I couldn't deal with it um and I didn't get it at the time and I tried to kind of suppress yeah. it and it you know but yeah I realized it's because you mean so much to me and you have always been there for me and you know like you said you've been very honest with me always and forgiving for when I do some stupid shit that isn't worth thinking about. You've always <laughs> been there and whether you've judged me or not, you've made me feel loved and cared about. And yeah, I I think I have struggled for a long time to be able to tell people that I love them because it's been part of that vulnerability mm -hmm. that I've tried to suppress for a long time. But I do yeah. love you and you have been, honestly, you have been a sister to me and you are a sister to me and you always will be. You are part of my family where, you know, however you want to look at it that's that's how i see you um and you have just been an absolute rock to me over the years and you are incredible Aww. and now i have to stop I talking because i might have just made myself cry yeah. <laughs> love Aww, you guys i agree with i agree with that and yeah cat you oh. are you are also you are adopted into my family as yeah. well um and Pierce um, wants in. can can come over to my house and drink fizzy pink wine with my mummy any day of the week watch your mum <laughs> get rat assed <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway yes. 
That was a really sweet way to end the podcast. Now we're all in tears. Thumbnail. The vulnerability. Crying. Here you go. See, this, this is, is lovely. it. Vulnerability, and it's yeah. fine. We embrace yep. it. Yeah. Wait, everyone, Absolutely. make a really sad face on the count of three. <laughs> One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> Okay, I have a double nail of going. That's not great. <laughs> Excellent. Can I stop now? Yeah. Yes. I looked a bit like so. a serial killer. I don't know why. I just, I just yeah. looked confused, and I was. It, I feel like in my eyes, you could see me going, "What am I doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is not so unusual. But oh, yeah, man. I. That's fine. Here's Sadie. Thank you so much Thank for, so much, for yeah. coming on the podcast oh, and chatting with us. I've, I've had such a nice time. I want to come back. I like, honestly, yes. we'd love to have <laughs> yes. you back in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Absolutely. We should. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We'll um. We're gonna start planning the next few episodes out, and um. Yeah, we'll definitely love to have you guys back at but, some yeah. point. Thank you so much for your honesty, and I hope that to everyone listening that um, you have. I don't is enjoyed the right word is that the word I want to use <laughs> I don't know experience I don't know I, you know I hope you have I hope it, it it has has helped you or you've enjoyed listening to it and it you know it it's meant something to you I think we were all very conscious we wanted to be honest and open about our experiences and our feelings and you know it, it's not been easy for any of us I don't think but I think we've said multiple times that we think it's a really necessary thing to do and I, I don't regret it at all. So no, you know. no, absolutely. No, it's been a really great and frank discussion, um, yeah. and I hope that we've shown people that um, it's okay not to be okay. And yes. as cliche as it is, it is completely okay not to be okay, and that we all have a mental health. There's a spectrum, and we are all somewhere on that spectrum. And your problems, however you feel, is completely valid. You do not need to feel like you need an excuse. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Exactly. Right. Um, Sadie, do you want up. to? Um, oh, okay. okay. Well, Sorry. No, 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 you go. Sadie, do you want to plug your YouTube and Instagram? One yeah. More time? <gasps> go, go, I'd go, go. love to. One more time. Um, so my YouTube channel is uh, the real Sadie Kate, and my Instagram is at the dot real dot Sadie Kate. Um, so yeah, I'd love I'd love you guys to to come along in my journey. Um, I haven't posted much on my YouTube recently, but we're going to get back into it. Um, and I'm hoping maybe um, Kat and Chris will let me put some of this footage on. My yeah, absolutely, definitely. Piers, um, <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna plug your your stuff? I, I hear oh, you're yeah. a bit of a musician yeah. from oh, time stuff. to time. The Why? best thing is I when you said that, Kat, yeah, Kat just Why? turned around and went, oh yeah, she's my manager. Why did I plug <laughs> Sadie? I'm like, yeah. Sadie, make sure you plug yourself. Completely forget, it's literally my job to plug Piers. Literally. <laughs> and I've Wait, taken your job from under your feet. That's what it's I It's literally my job to plug Piers. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little bit inappropriate. <laughs> Guys, I'll, um, I'll invoice you later on, okay? I'll, I'll send you the <laughs> Um, you started i didn't laugh yeah thank you chris oh, while my manager sits on the side now <laughs> laughing at really laughing at plugging me um sorry um now your mum's called yeah me. now mum's called it's, it's gone into disrate yeah um you can find me uh, my music at at peers know the music on instagram and it's also on facebook under the same name or you can listen to the band at toffee's official uk uk yeah, UK. That's what you have on a manager Spotify, for the last YouTube, 
He's he's pretty good, I'd he's, say. Yeah. He's not too bad. Thank you. He's, uh, <laughs> thank you. He's all right. High praise indeed. Speaking oh, of mental health, actually, I, I don't know if I can do with that, Chris. I need um, I need bigger. Hang on. <laughs> this is a really good opportunity to actually plug a little song Toffees have, which is called Stronger. And it's oh, about yeah. mental health. Um, it's out on Spotify and everything, and also all the money that we receive from it goes to charity. What charity was it? Click Sergeant, it's Click Sergeant. which is um, which is children's uh, cancer charity. Which I was going to say is like well, it goes half to them and half to the crisis team. Crisis team uh, the, that helped you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And as oh, you know, guys, that's so lovely. That's so, that's so good. Working on a cheeky little music video actually for it, which we haven't actually you heard it here first, on. everyone. Yeah. Ooh, exclusive. So <laughs> it involves me running with <laughs> various amounts of out of breathness. So uh, you, ready you just that. get ready for that. I am ready. But yeah. If you want <laughs> okay. to uh, follow me on anywhere, you can hit me up on Twitch um, and Twitter and Instagram and anywhere, and I basically do this, but in a different form. Um, Cat, you, <laughs> you don't do much these days, do you? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just manages a, a, a great guy, a great musician. Uh, you might have heard of him, Piers Nolan, great guy. <laughs> I love this. It went from a love fest. Oh. Now it's like, well, well yeah. yeah, we've been too nice. <laughs> yeah, to no. now. You got to counterbalance it. But yeah. Oh, I um, love you guys. <laughs> love you okay. too. Love, love you. Love you. We love, I love you. But yeah, love thank you, you everyone for listening. Thank you, Sadie and Piers, for being here. Cat, it's been an experience with you as always, and we will see you all in the next episode. Bye! 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 Bye.